This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 7 to 9 a.m. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. Last week we spoke to uh, Trevor Hudson about the 12 steps and found that there's so much to say that we really had to do another follow up program on the 12 steps. Welcome mm. again, Trevor. Lovely to be with you, Suki. Thank you for putting up with me for mm. times in a row. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. And, uh, you know, while we were doing the steps, we also uh, discovered and uh, said that the 12 steps are applicable in all areas of our lives, and perhaps even more so as Christ followers. You know, before continuing, though, with the, with the 12 steps and, and so forth, let's read them. Um, in, with the biblical comparisons uh, as they are used in Celebrate Recovery. Uh, oh, by the way, Celebrate Recovery is available globally and it's for, um, known as CR, and it's also available right here in the Western Cape. And you can have a look at it um, online. And uh, the link will be on the podcast uh, on the website, so you can go and have a look at it. And also, of course, in the rest of South Africa, there Mm. are groups um, in some churches. It's not very common yet, but more and more people are getting aware of that. And I just want to say to our friends that uh, this is so important because um, up till now, traditionally, many people go to 12-step groups for recovery if there's any kind of addiction in their lives, like Eating Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeating Anonymous, so many groups. But this is specifically Christ-centered. It's the 12 steps practicing it in a Christ-centered way. And it covers all our hurts, hang-ups, and habits, which is a beautiful way to put that. So what Frederick and I will be doing, um, I'm going to read the first six of the steps and the biblical verse that it's built on or that's linked to that. And then Frederick's going to read the next six, just as a basis for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. And as a reminder for the others. Okay, step one. We admitted we were powerless over our addictions and compulsive behaviors, that our lives had become unmanageable. The verse that goes, I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Romans 7 verse 18. Step 2. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Philippians 2 verse 13 says, For it's God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Step 3. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a leveling sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. 4. We made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Lamentations 3 verse 40 says, Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. 5. We admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. James 5 16a says, Therefore confess your sins to each other, and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. Step 6. 
We were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. James 4 verse 10 says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Mm, that's so special, Suki. Thank you. And step seven says, we humbly ask him to remove all our shortcomings. And one John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. Step eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Luke 6.31 says, Do to others as you would have them do to you. Step 9. We made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Matthew 5.23-24 says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Step 10. We continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Step 11 sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for the knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Step 12 Having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to others and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Galatians 6.1 Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore them gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Wow. Thank you, Frederick. It's a mouthful, I think, if you hear it the first time, and that's why they often say at recovery groups, you need to keep coming at least six weeks to figure out whether this is good for you or not. Because I think when we hear these steps for the first time, it might be quite overwhelming. Mm. Uh, so, Trevor, looking closer at the steps, what are the sections that you think they can be divided into? We spoke a little bit about that sure, last time, but sure. let's, just, uh, uh, let's just take that as a springboard to get into this program sure. again today. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Suki. Yeah, I think, and I'm going to do this just uh, kind of off the cuff, as it were. But I think the the first the first three steps um, have a lot to do with with surrender, with mm. the 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 offering of our lives uh, to Christ, and that. And I think it's very important for me to say that. You know, we don't tick off the steps and then never return to them mm, again. Mm. You know, that that surrender, for example, is a, you know, it's an ongoing, it's an, a surrender is not a once and for all deal. Mm. It's, it, we live with a daily surrender. So I think this, the theme of surrender is, 
is very, very uh, critical in those first three steps where we, where we say to God, I don't want to be the managing director of my life. Mm. God, I want you to be that. Mm. I think steps, uh, and I'm doing this from a little bit of memory, steps four and five and ten invite us to, to, to reflect regularly upon our lives and to keep our confession up to date. Mm. Mm-hmm. I think this is so, so important. Um, you know, that. And we're not knocking ourselves over the head. We're not beating ourselves up. But we're honestly looking at our lives, looking at our behaviors. So I think the theme of confession is a very, very important theme uh, in the 12 steps. Mm. Steps uh, six and seven are about change. It's about letting God change us from the inside out. Mm. Um, Steps eight and nine, I think it is, they focus on our relationships. Mm. Um, Just paying attention to our relationships, making amends wherever we can. Uh, The 11th step is about, as you've pointed out, is about, you know, ongoing prayer, meditation upon scripture, letting the word of Christ dwell upon us. Mm. Uh, And then that last step is you know, share this good news with others. So I think in the 12 steps, you've got the themes of surrender, the themes of confession, the themes of change and transformation, the chain, the, the theme of relationships, the theme of daily prayer, and then the theme of being a witness and sharing it with others. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Trevor. Um, you know, I have had some um, folk come to me, especially men that are suffering with some form of addiction, especially sexual addiction. And I, I think myself even included at, when I started the steps is we want to jump to step nine. We want to tell everybody how sorry we are and, you know, what mistakes sure. we made and, sure. and so forth. Uh, but it seems to me that we need to start at step one where we realize sure. I'm powerless. Sure. I sure. cannot. Uh, Suki always, uh, has a wonderful saying when people ask, what did we learn in China? And uh, the off- she often says, and I agree with her, I am powerless and God is all powerful. Um, sure, sure, sure. Sure, and sometimes as they say at meetings, uh, what do they say? Uh, we can't, God can, let God. Yes. You know, in, in, in of the recovery groups that I've been to, they have a slogan at the end of the meeting that goes something like this. Uh, keep coming back. It works if you work it. So work it, you're worth it. So, <laughs> Um, and, and it is powerful in a certain sense is that it's worth, you are worth it. I am worth it. I'm valuable sure. enough for me to work this program. It's not about just reading the program. So what do you think is meant by working the program and how is right. it done? Right. 
you know, for me working the program, and, and this for me again, you know, it's the central message. When I first became a follower of Christ, the person who led me to Christ suggested I read the book of James, mm-hmm. the letter of James. And, you know, where it says, don't, you know, be doers of the word. And that, that faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's something practical about our faith. And and doing your question, what does it mean to work the program, simply means taking the actual step practically. Um, and so, it, so, so we don't leave the 12 steps in the realm of theory. And I think that, I think we face, a re, if I may say this, a real crisis in the, just in the Christian church as a whole, that we can, you know, we can hold the Christian faith as a theory. It's all in the realm of ideas. Uh, uh, Trevor, and, um, just, this sounds like a, a beautiful moment just to take a short break and let's listen to some music. And I'd love us to continue with, uh, with, with this idea. This question is, how can it be applied um, in the church? Uh, because we often find this as just a theory. So let's sure. come back after the break. Look forward to that. Welcome back, dear friends. And just before the break, we spoke a little bit more about the 12 steps and how to apply it in our own lives. And Trevor was telling us also, uh, also wants to expand on how people in the church could practically use this in their own lives, not only for recovery groups. So maybe you can continue where we had to stop you just for the music. <laughs> Thanks, Suki. Now, I was just making the comment that, that you know, the Christian faith as a theory mm ultimately disappoints us. Mm. You know, it, somehow the Christian faith, our faith that we have in Christ, has to get, what is the word? It has to, it has to be, get embodied. It has to become part of mm. just who we are, how we live in, how we respond in. Um, and um, and when, when that happens, we discover the reality of of our faith and the reality of Christ and the reality of God in our lives and and this is where the steps can be so helpful that that they they help us to do that and if you wanted to I could I could I could give you I could give you an example please go ahead now I'm just thinking you know the other day and this is a little bit humiliating the other day I was doing a podcast and I wanted the podcast to end because I wanted to go watch my favorite soccer team on TV. <laughs> and um, so so I said to the person, um, I, I really need to end now. And in front of me, I had a co- I had my, my coffee mug, which I just finished co- uh, drinking coffee. And so I said, you know, I need to go do some washing up. Now, that really, <laughs> I, you know, I did go, I did need to wash the coffee cup. But... Mm. But it wasn't the truth. Mm. The truth was I wanted to go and watch the soccer game. Now, one of the steps, as you know, is 
Number 10, where I continue to take personal inventory mm-hmm. and when we're wrong, promptly admit it. Mm-hmm. So that evening, I got onto my emails and I sent an email to mm-hmm. this guy and I said to him, <laughs> I need to say to you, mm-hmm. I didn't need to go and wash the coffee cup. I wanted to go and watch my soccer team play. <laughs> and I got a delightful email back saying, you know, I thought going to wash the coffee cup was a bit of a feeble excuse. <laughs> <laughs> But going, mm. but going to watch a soccer game, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what I'm trying to mm. say is that it just helped me, you know, in the moment to live my faith. Mm, that's a beautiful example. You know, and, mm. and so I find the steps, even though I've gone through the 12 steps, they're almost like golf clubs. You pull out the golf club that you need at the moment. Mm. And so I'm, you know, throughout my day, I'm pulling out different golf clubs as I need them to live a little bit more faithfully with God in the realities of my life. As you were giving that example, Trevor, and that is almost like like we said in the Serenity Prayer when we did that program is dwelling in it and living in it. Mm. And um, when you gave your example about washing the cup um, instead of watching the soccer game um, or the other way around, um, you know, once you have given that admittance and you've made that confession, that brings freedom. Mm. And I think Uh, this is is what the 12 steps also do. It brings freedom. And you've said something to somebody else, another human being, and nobody can accuse you any longer of keeping a secret and hold that against you mm. or hold you to ransom because it is out now. And that, mm. is, that is what the freedom uh, that, mm. it, that it brings. And isn't that that the truth also brings into me see, right? Because that's exactly sure. what you were saying, the name of our program, because the truth helps the person to see a little bit into you and also for you to see a little bit more into him right. eventually, right? Yeah. Now it's, you know, it's wonderful if we've got just one or two friends in our the road, walking with us with God, where we can simply uh, walk in the light with each other. Mm. Um, and I think that's how we discover a life of lightness and freedom. We really do. Mm. Absolutely. I was also thinking while you were talking. Um, the, the the Bible talks a lot about in flesh. Came to, God came to us in flesh, and also we need to let His Word become flesh in our lives. Oh, and this oh, is to oh. actually live it out. And oh. this is part of it. So, Trevor, at the end of 2020, many people, including ourselves, at times felt hopeless and helpless and a little bit powerless because of the pandemic. Step right. one reads. We admitted that we were powerless over whatever right. the issue is. So yeah. sometimes there's a bit of uncertainty about that powerless, that, that, that concept of powerlessness. Right. Because often sure. there are things that we can do. Can you help us to understand sure. that better? Thank you, yes. Let me, uh, let me think carefully about what you said. For me to acknowledge, let's say we're in, let's be specific, let's we're in a pandemic, we've got different feelings about it, I can't change the situation, So, but what I can do, and I do have the power to do this, 
I can uh, I can acknowledge my feelings, uh, whatever they are, whatever they are. I can I can bring those feelings to God, and with those feelings, I can surrender myself. To God, and I think what I'm discovering is that a surrendered will is a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. So when I dis- so there's a there's a little bit of a paradox here. When I discover my powerlessness over something, and I share that with God, and I surrender that to God, in fact, that surrender to God, in fact, empowers my will. Mm-hmm to do what it could not do before. Mm. As I often like to say, the most powerful will in the world is the surrendered will. Mm. 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 So when I actually give up my will and surrender it, there is an inflow of God's power and presence into my life to help me to actually be empowered. Mm. to do what I need to do, which mm. I couldn't do at the beginning. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, that is true because, um, you know, Paul also says to us that uh, we are strong in our weakness. We right. are strong when we are weak. So it's very obvious, as you were sharing, that the powerlessness isn't oh, there's nothing I can do about this. I just need to go and sit down and mope and complain. Mm. And uh, that also brings me to the next point. You know, we often tend to complain instead of lament. And when we lament, we bring God into the picture and we take to him what is on our hearts and on our minds. And I think this is also what the 12 steps leads us into. It leads us more into lamenting than just complaining. Sure, and I think you know. I think the, and you know, you haven't said this, but I think you would agree that the psalm, many of the psalms, are psalms of lament, Mm -hmm. Mm. and 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 when you look at those psalms of lament, I've, I've always been intrigued by this: is that there is an out pouring of feeling mm. that that goes on and then suddenly very often not always in these psalms of lament they move near the end into a new space mm. of of thanksgiving or of praise mm. or of deliverance mm. and it's almost as if that when i lament and pour out my feelings to God, it almost opens up my life. It almost gives God access Mm. into those feelings that I've poured out to God, and I somehow find myself moving into a new space in life before God and in my own life. Mm. Mm. And actually what I also see while I was listening to you it's, you know, because we always talk about intimacy at this program is also I see into my own heart, right? Because it's, I need to be intimate um, with myself to know what's happening. So I need to admit whatever I'm feeling and not live in denial and just praise God. And I remember long ago in my Christian life, that's the way I lived my life. I, I thought we just had to ignore the problems 
and just praise God for His goodness and His love and look away sure. from it. But it never sure. helped me to get over my, my sinful habits and patterns, right? Sure. I had to get to admit them before God and, and the confession part before I was able to move on and, and start changing. And when I really asked God to change me and stop to, I had a lot of self-strife and trying to change my very hard. And, you know, I'm, sure. I'm a go-getter. I thought I could get it right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But after a long while, I realized that I really am powerless. Mm. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, so Yes, Trevor? No, I think what I'm as I listen to Suki, it's that movement again from unreality to reality. Absolutely, and, and in that reality is a very intimate space before God. Mm, fantasy to reality, isn't that so? Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. You know, in the in the twelve step support groups, we often talk about a sponsor. And um, and it it ties in very closely to me for me to, in the Christian context in the context of the church of a discipler a mentor. So how can these principles of the twelve steps be used in the church? You know, I think uh, again, great question. I think I think what we often lack within our communities of faith are people uh, who, who are what I call veterans of, in the Spirit or veterans of the Spirit. They, they're not perfect, but they are people who have suffered. They are people who've known what it means to wrestle with God, and they've come out on the other side intact, and mm. they've come out with a measure of joy and a sense of God's reality in their life. And and especially if they are folk who are familiar maybe with some of the themes of surrender and confession and and prayer, just to get alongside, you know, uh, people who are kind of starting out on this road of recovery. Mm. Um, I will be immeasurably grateful to four or five people in my life uh, who've just walked alongside of me. And um, they, as I say, they they have they've been imperfect, but they've been people who've kind of walked the talk, and and they they've been able to just guide me uh, along the way. I will be immeasurably grateful to them. So I don't know what we would call them in the in you know within the church. You know, sometimes I. Think of a soul friend or a, you know, a companion. Uh, just, you know, I think of those two people on the Emmaus Road. Someone who'll just walk on the road with me hmm. um, and represent Christ to me Absolutely. and point and and point me to Him in the flesh, as it were. So, unfortunately, it's time to go now. And uh, but we've already learned a lot, and we're looking forward to know more next time. Um, thank you, dear listeners. Hope you have a good week. Thank you very much, listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit on 729 AM. Visit us on www.kpulpit.co.za.